Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,186. It doesn't cost anything to be nice, and people always remember it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special returning guest, Doug Herbert. Hey, Doug, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm buckled up, man. Five-point harness is on and ready to go. Here we go. Doug Herbert is a nationally recognized top fuel drag racing champion. He's the first driver to run over 300 miles per hour during NHRA eliminations, and his career best speed tops 330 miles per hour. Oh, my gosh. But in 2008, Doug put his racing career aside when he lost his two young sons, John and James, in a tragic car crash. After experiencing his tremendous loss and grief, Doug decided to create a driving program that teaches advanced safety driving techniques, and he founded BRAKES. It stands for Be Responsible and Keep Everyone Safe, and it's a nonprofit 501c3 teen proactive defense driving program. For over 10 years, Doug and Brakes have been traveling to various U.S. countries to help prevent injuries and save lives by training and educating teenage drivers and their parents. And I'll say that uh, although Doug's been on the show before, for newer listeners that haven't heard him, you can go back and listen to his first show. But it's a really, really awesome thing that Doug is doing. And I just wanted to bring him back so that more people could be aware of what he's doing because he has changed so many lives, no doubt has saved a lot of lives as well. So, Doug, welcome back here to Cars Yeah! I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about what you're doing there at Brakes and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Sure, Mark. Absolutely. First thing, well, thanks for having me on the show today. And uh, your show, Cars Yeah! is just kind of right up my alley because I'm a car guy. I always have been a car guy and love since I was a kid working on cars. My dad uh, and my aunt were both drag racing and the drag racing, the high performance business. My dad uh, was the innovator of the roller cams for high performance engines back in the forties. And uh, my aunt Doris, she ran a publication called drag news, which is like the Bible of drag racing for a hundred years. So I kind of grew up around racing and I love racing and cars. And, uh, you know, when I got my driver's license, that was like, I was off ready to go to the races. So that was, that was kind of where I got started out. And NHRA drag racing was kind of what I was really drawn to just because my growing up in Southern California and all the drag racing stuff that kind of birthplace of drag racing out there. And, uh, started doing, uh, an A dragster and then a top alcohol dragster. And then finally in 1991, I graduated to top field dragster, had some good success did top field drag racing full-time until 2008, which I kind of had to step back and, and uh, did part-time stuff until 2014. And I haven't ran the car since 2014, but still got the desire. I'm not old enough yeah. to retire yet, you know, but <laughs> well, maybe I'm yeah. just temporarily uh, parked. <laughs> well, I think, you know, and we're going to talk more about brakes here because that is uh, so much more important what you're doing with your life now to help so many people, young people, old people, Parents, I mean, everybody that uh, has a child that goes through this program where they can really understand that the importance of being a safe driver and becoming a better driver, that is so much more important, I think, in the scope of your life than your drag racing, not to diminish your drag racing by any means, but 
It's got to be an incredibly rewarding thing. And we're going to learn a lot more about it as we go through this journey that we call your life. But first, I want to ask you for a success quote or a mantra. This is a nice way to get the inspirational tire smoking here on cars. Yeah, as dragsters do. So, Doug, take the wheel. Probably one of my one of my favorite quotes that have been given to me. I've been very fortunate to know a lot of great people over the years uh, and uh, get some great advice from some of them. And uh, Bobby Allison is just like one of my favorite people in the whole world. And he told me a long time ago, we were doing a autograph thing probably 15 years ago. And I was sitting mm-hmm. next to him and I've known Bobby since I was a young boy because he was friends with my dad. And we were sitting there and signing autographs and some of the people were a little bit aggravating, you know, Oh, sign, you know, sign these 10 things for me. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to send the, I'm going to sell this on eBay. And it's like, Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. said, Bobby, this ever get aggravated. He goes, you know what? It doesn't cost anything to be nice. And people always remember it. And it just, yes. that stuck with me yeah. my whole life. It doesn't cost anything to be nice. And so that's been, that's been one of my favorite sayings and, and one of my favorite things. So it doesn't cost anything to be nice. And that came from Bobby Allison. So just a great mentor and person. Yeah. I mean, it, it's akin to the golden rule, treat others the way that you would like to be treated. It, it really sure. is saying it in, in a different way. And I think we've all encountered that when we encounter somebody, a celebrity or somebody that we've admired, like a race car driver, and we come up and ask for an autograph or a picture. And if they're not very nice. It kills all that that right. that imagination you have for this person in one brief second when all they had to do was say, absolutely, smile, and it's done, and it's over. And and I just don't I, – I get it. It's got to be very aggravating sometimes, but I think you had a great mentor there for sure. And is there a way that you've incorporated that concept into what you're doing at Breaks these days? I know it seems probably obvious, but – Maybe some interesting ways that you've incorporated that? Well, I think so. I mean, what we do at breaks is try to make sure we exceed everybody's expectations. So teenagers come, and it's pretty almost easy to exceed their expectation because they don't expect much. They think that it's <laughs> you know driving school, and this is going to be so boring and stupid, and they're not going to learn anything. So it's easy to exceed their expectations. But when we get uh, parents that are maybe uh, corporate people that you know, really have their act together. Like Ray, Ray Evernham brought his niece and uh, a couple years ago. And after the, mm-hmm. you know, I've been friends with Ray for years. And, and uh, at the end of the class, he goes, Doug, I knew what you were doing, but I had no idea how like together this is. He goes, all the cars are lined <laughs> up, the tires and wheels are indexed on them. Everybody's yeah. t- shirts are tucked in. And like, this is, this is yeah. impressive. And so professional, I, I think, uh, you know, that, that's kind of one of my other mottos is just exceed everybody's expectations. And, and there again, that came from another person that uh, I was friends with for quite some time. He's not with us anymore, but Jeff Bird, Jeff Bird was with uh, the mm. Winston RJ Reynolds marketing. And then he is the, or was the uh, manager of the Bristol raceway for many years and just a, just a great guy. And that's how he did everything. He wanted to exceed everybody's expectations. And that kind of has rolled off on me. And that's what we try to do at breaks. Under promise, over deliver. That's an old saying that I remember I learned a long time ago. And yeah, it's a great way to treat your customers because that's really what they are, your customers that are coming to you and, and learning these things. So yeah, if only everybody was that way. Well, I know we talked about this last time we talked, but I wanted you to share, to go back in time a little bit. Now, it's, it's obvious you talked about family members being into racing. 
Uh, but sometimes a, a kid that's in a family that's all involved with racing goes the other way and doesn't really care. I'm, I've had enough of this. I'm going to go do my own thing. <laughs> but was there a pivotal moment when you were a little boy or a kid or a teenager when you said, you know what, I'm going to be a drag racer? Yeah. You know what? I remember my dad took me to Pomona and uh, I don't remember what year it was. It was early 80s. I don't think I was driving yet. I was just about driving age, but hasn't wasn't really driving yet. And we went over to Big Daddy Don Garlet's trailer and we were sitting there and Garlet's recognized my dad. Hey, chat, you know, come on in here. I'd like to talk to you for a minute. So they were chatting for a second. Big Daddy asked me, he goes, hey, do you want to sit in the car? And I'm like, wow, <laughs> sit in Big Daddy's car? Like, you yeah. got to be kidding me. That's awesome. And I yeah. remember sitting in that car and it was just, I had all these things going through my head. Like one day I want to race Big Daddy. I want to, I want to be able to race Big Daddy. That was kind of my moment like i uh you know i'd thought of that since then and when i finally did get a chance to pull up to the starting line and race big daddy don garlitz was like wow <laughs> that was unbelievable yeah. you know i was a kid you know watched him race at pomona and orange county international raceway and different places hanging on the fence and uh finally got the chance to do that so that was just that was my moment where i just knew that was what i had to do yeah i mean that must have been a pinch me moment i don't even know how you stayed focused to watch the tree light up so that you could pull away because, I mean, to be sitting and going, I'm actually here. I, I remember saying, I want to do this, and now I'm here. I mean, that's just uh, – it puts the hair up on my arms just thinking about it. And, of course, Big Daddy Don Garlitz was a guest here on Cars, yeah. Incredible guy. I mean, I loved talking with him. He had some really memorable quotes. But uh, kudos to you for setting that goal so young and actually seeing it through to – through. Uh, Reality. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely incredible. Well, I remember asking him, uh, Mark, what was his, you know, what was his key? And what he told me, uh, being a young man, it kind of, it really got my attention. He goes, Doug, I think about nothing else except drag racing. He goes, I, I think about drag racing when I wake up. I think about it when I'm sleeping. I think about it when I'm eating. I, there's nothing else that I do. I am 100% focused on drag racing and winning and new cars and innovations and all that. He goes, that's all, that's what I live for. And it just, it stuck into my head, you know, how good he was for so long because he didn't he didn't waste any thoughts about other stuff that's what he was thinking about all the time oh yeah in fact he said to me he said uh, you'll have plenty of time for rest when you're dead <laughs> he talked about <laughs> he talked about you know always working always striving to be better and that's exactly what he said so very cool well i would love to talk a little bit about one of the questions i ask my guests is a big challenge or a failure obviously the biggest challenge in your life you faced was losing your sons and we, you talked about that in the last show. And what I'd like to learn a little bit more about since we've last talked, it's been almost two and a half years. I can't believe that since you and I last wow. talked on this show. Time is flying by. Um, yeah. uh, but I would love for you to share a little bit about some of the challenges you faced in setting up breaks, putting the program together. And it's grown immeasurably since you and I last spoke. But what are some of the big challenges you face to put this program together and make it work? Because it sounds pretty simple, but there's a lot of moving pieces here. There's a lot of moving parts and, uh, you know, some of the, initially my goal was to train my boy's friends to be safer, more defensive, uh, you know, better drivers on the road. And then it just kind of snowballed. And since then that was in 2008, which in 2008, we trained about 50 teenagers this year, we're going to train over 10,000 teenagers plus their parents. 
and that's in about 22 states all around the country. So 10,000? Really, oh, my gosh. 10,000. Yeah, this year we've got an unbelievable. I know this is armchair quarterbacking on a Monday morning, but did you have any <laughs> thought 10 years ago that that could happen? It never even crossed my mind. No, nope, it yeah, never crossed yeah. my mind. Just, just, just to help your boys, just the friends. More and, yeah. that it was just to help my boys' friends, yeah. And then as I got into it, I realized what a difference and what an impact what we were doing was having on these families. And then a couple of years ago, we actually had, I might have talked about it in the last show, I don't remember if I had this information or not, but University of North Carolina did a study for us, and they actually analyzed our students that had been trained at breaks and compared those uh, statistics against standard you know, Department of Transportation statistics. Yeah. And they found over that five-year period that these teenagers that we have been teaching were 64% less likely to be involved in a car crash. And that 64%. That's incredible. That's huge. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah that, just, that, that brought tears yeah. to my eyes and just made me realize that what we were doing was so important and uh, how many lives we saved. You know what? We'll never really know, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we saved a few. And then that is very, very rewarding. And knowing that my boys' lives have made a difference uh, to others. Yeah. The way you took that horrible situation and transformed it into something absolutely spectacular. Are there a couple big challenges along the way that you faced that you didn't anticipate that you went, oh, man, how are we going to get over this one? Well, you know, luckily, probably the biggest challenge that we've had getting to the point where we are is finding the right professional instructors that can, uh, number one, have the ability to teach these driving skills, and number two, have the ability to communicate with teenagers. So there's really <laughs> two two things there, you know, and so a lot of the instructors that we use are law enforcement people, but we also use a lot of racers and a lot of people with the, you know, with a high performance type background, and then we teach them about legalities and, and being defensive and, you know, because a lot of the things that we teach at the brakes class is really like a performance driving experience, but we're teaching them these things at low speeds and we're teaching them about, uh, you know, car control and vehicle dynamics and all these things that you learn at a racing school, but we're teaching it to them in a different way where everything that we're dealing with is safety and, you know, keeping your eyes up and, and being situationally aware. And when they do that, you know, it just makes, uh, you know, it makes driving the car a whole lot safer. Now, there's probably an obvious answer to this question uh, that most people think of, especially nowadays with mobile devices. But what's the biggest issue with young drivers of being unsafe? Well, inexperience is is sure the main thing, but then distraction. Yeah. Like you said, distraction is one thing, you know, but I, I don't know. I think distraction almost affects everybody. You know, people that are 40, 50 years old, we've been driving for a long time and we think, Oh, we're great drivers. It's no problem. We can be distracted by looking at our phone or whatever. And the fact of the matter is it's really not acceptable for anybody to do a driver that pays attention to the road. And what I talk about in some of the classes, uh, you know, one of the videos that we show some of my drag racing stuff. So it's, you know, Here's Doug Herbert, 330 miles an hour. And so I tell him, how focused do you think I am driving that car? Like, think about that. Am I going down uh, FaceTiming or whatever, uh, you know, sending a Snapchat to my buddy while I'm driving the car 300 miles an hour? No, that would be stupid. I mean, I'm 100% focused on driving that car. And if you drive your car 100% focused, you're going to be better than a whole lot of the drivers out there on the road just because people aren't 100% focused driving their car. And really, it's a life or death situation. You need to be focused. Yeah, absolutely. 
I always talk about an aha moment. Um, have there been some, in fact, I'm, I'm sure there have been some incredible aha moments as you're teaching these young people where a young person says something to you either after the event or during the event of training that really makes you go, wow, that's pretty incredible. Have you had some of those? You know, luckily we get them every weekend, uh, every weekend when we do a class. It's it's a teenager coming in and their parents are dragging them in by their ear, basically. You know, taller, on, yeah. you got to go. I heard this was good. They're going to, you know, I'm going to get a discount on my insurance. You have to come to this. And right. the kids are, you know, 730 on a Saturday or Sunday morning. They're not very happy. They're pissed off. They're, you know, they hate their parents. They come in and I'm like the old Walmart greeter, basically at the front of the, the front of the tent. <laughs> We're getting them to sign uh, waivers and so forth. And, and they're just pissed. Well, then at the end of the class, when these teenagers realize that the guy that was the old Walmart reader at the front was me, all yeah. of a sudden it changes and they'll come up to me and it happens a lot. They come up and they say, Hey, you know, I, I know you saw me come in this morning and I was really pissed off and I didn't want to be here, but yeah. I had no idea what this was about. And I learned so much today and these instructors were so awesome. Thank you for doing this and thanks for putting it on. And I already told my dad that I was sorry for being a jerk this morning because I'm really glad that I was able to come to this. So it's yeah. that transition is absolutely priceless. I just love it. Yeah, no doubt. It, it is. Absolutely. Was there a time after you did that initial training with your your boys' friends, that was what kind of started all this, was there a time when you went, I've got something here, I've got to expand this big time? Was there a specific moment or a, th a thing that happened or something one of these kids said to you that you went, this can't just be my friends and my sons. This has got to go. Yeah. A friend of mine that uh, he does a lot of other charity work and uh, his name Dick Pacer, actually. He's our chairman of the board at Breaks now. He was a right-hand guy for Roger Penske. Uh, he's been on Daryl Gwynn, Daryl Gwynn's board for Daryl's charity. Uh, he's just wow. really got a really great background of experience in charities and business and so forth. And before he was ever on my board, he came and brought one of his, uh, one of his grandkids to our class. And he said, Doug, I got to tell you, this is one of the most incredible experiences I've had with a, a charity. And I'd like to come and talk to you and maybe be a little more involved. That just kind of you know, evolved and developed. And uh, he said, Dougie, you know, you've got something that's really special here. And I'd like to see if I can't help you build this up. And uh, so, you know, that was that was when I first started thinking, wow, I, I first realized that, and which I didn't know, when my kids were killed in that car crash, that at the time, around 5,000 teenagers were dying in car crashes. And it's, you know, it's still the number one cause of death for teenagers. And I thought, that's just unacceptable to me. And I know I can do something about it. And I'm going to do something about it. But I didn't really have any idea at that time, you know, how it was going to be going and getting ramped up and, and just going crazy. And, and, you know, the other person that has been so helpful and, and so much enthusiasm and support for me these last few years, my wife, Mimi. Mimi's just been incredible, you know, really getting into it and helping me build this thing to the point where we are now. I couldn't have, I couldn't have done it without her and, and, you know, so many of these other great people that we have. Well, you dropped a golden nugget there, which is a key to so many of my past uh, guests' success, and that's surrounding yourself with the best quality people you can. And you've mentioned it several times now, your instructors, you know, your board. Um, I mean, everybody you surround yourself with sounds like you've put really, really key people in place, and that is a big part of, of a, a company being successful. So uh, kudos to you for what you've done there. 
I would assume you've had many, many proud moments with breaks. Uh, is there one or are there two or even three you want to touch on that just made you kind of go back on your heels and go, man, I, I'm, I'm doing something so valuable here? <laughs> I've had a bunch of those, really a, a whole bunch of those. One of the neatest ones, the National Hot Rod Association actually supported our effort to expand out of North Carolina. They had a, a problem out in Southern California where the NHRA is based, Pomona area. And they said, hey, we want you to bring brakes and come and set up at Pomona and do four weekends of brakes classes at Pomona. And I thought, well, that'd be yeah, that'd be awesome. We can do that. You know, I, I think we can do that. No problem. I mean, it's, what's the difference in going to a race? We're just moving the show on the road. <laughs> and uh, going out there, we had an executive from Kia come through with their kid, which I didn't know who it was. It was just a parent. And during the class, I'm usually talking to the parents and kind of entertaining the parents a little bit. And, you know, we have drunk goggles that we show the parents how that works. And then generally we'll have like the highway patrol and we'll have some truck drivers from FedEx or, you know, or something like that. So they can show them a little bit about driving around trucks and different things. Anyways, this one parent said, uh, Hey, uh, I just got a question for you. Where do you get the cars that you're using here? And I said, well, actually they're rental cars. You, you know, we're getting them, I'm getting them from <laughs> Ontario airport and you wouldn't believe the looks that I get when I go up and tell them I need to rent 20 cars. And yeah. uh, it's a little bit of an issue. And he yeah, gave me his yeah. card and said, Hey, Kia will help you guys with cars. You'll wow. you're never have to rent cars again. So that was probably one of the biggest moments. Like, wow, this yes. is really something. Huge. Oh, huge. Uh, kudos to Kia for uh, seeing the value there. I remember I, I went and gave a keynote speech at APR in uh, Alabama earlier this year, and I was driving from Atlanta to Appaloosa. Appaloosa? Tus no, not Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Appaloosa. It's, it's a little town uh, in uh, Alabama there. And I drove past this giant, giant Kia car plant in the middle of nowhere. I'm just like, where do all the people that work here live? This is the weirdest thing. But uh, yeah, they've got a huge facility down there. It's just, I, I was wishing I could have stopped and taken a tour if they even gave tours because I've been on a lot of uh, manufacturing tours over in Europe, but uh, not in the U.S. I bet I could get you on a tour if you want next time. I if bet you, you could. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going to call. I'm going to give you a call. Gee, I, sometimes I forget all the cool people that I know. So uh, that would be pretty fun. But uh, again, shout out to Kia for recognizing the importance. That's really great. Absolutely fantastic. Well, uh, before I get on with what has you excited right now with breaks, um, let's share a little bit about you, a little more about you and talk about your first really special car, or maybe it was that first dragster you got in that you went, wow, I'm actually here. Uh, and maybe a special memory you have about that vehicle. You know, I always had, I bought dragsters from somebody else. My first dragster I bought from Nick Arias, uh, you know, Arias racing engine. And Nick was a great guy and, and a mentor and a helper of mine getting going mm -hmm. and racing. But I never had a brand new car. I always had a hand-me-down used car from somebody else until 1992, I bought a brand new dragster chassis from Al Swindle, and that was probably my favorite because that was the car that I won my first ever race in. It was also the first one to go 300 miles an hour at Pomona. We were the you know sec only the second person to go over 300 miles an hour. So that car, that 1992 Al Swindle car, was probably my favorite. You know, my all-time favorite special car, and I actually still have the car. The car's sitting really? in my shop. Yeah, the car's sitting oh in my shop right now. So I've won. It's not exactly, and you know, looks like it did in 1992. But I, I'm kind of picking on it a little bit here and there. So I'll, I'll eventually get it restored back to, you know, 1992 looking. 
Well, I have always known you're a smart guy, Doug, but uh, I'll tell you how many people that have wished they had that first race car that they drove in and it's long gone or somebody else owns it or they can't get it back. So uh, kudos again to you for thinking <laughs> ahead and keeping that thing. That's pretty cool. Well, I would love for you to share what has you excited and revved up about 2019. We're almost into the new year here, which is incredible to me and frightening that 2018 is almost gone. What happened uh, there? But uh, yeah, what has you excited about the new year? Do you have some new programs going on? And maybe talk a little bit more with the listeners here who aren't familiar with brakes about what they could expect. How can they get involved? Everything from bringing a child to actually uh, getting involved in the way of donating and helping your cause. Sure. Well, the first thing I guess that uh, we tell people about brakes is it's uh, really a performance driving experience. It's not driver's ed. We don't teach teenagers how to drive. We just take teenagers that have a little bit of driving experience and try and turn them into good drivers. Just different skills and different exercises that we do. The class, maybe the easiest way to, uh, to tell you about how, how it works is it's a half-day class, four hours. We do about 45 minutes of ground school in the classroom with the parents, and then we divide the parents and teenagers up. The parents have one set of vehicles with car uh, with the professional instructors, and the teenagers have another set of the Kia-provided vehicles with professional instructors. And we do different courses like a crash avoidance, solemn course, uh, distraction, like we talked about, panic stopping and ABS activation, drop wheel recovery. Uh, you know, that's the number one cause of fatal crashes in most oh, rural yeah. areas. Yeah. And then we do uh, skid control and skid recovery. And that we do with special tires that we put on the car that simulate driving on an icy or, you know, slushy type road. So yeah. we're putting them in conditions that they wouldn't normally get uh, in their normal driving and really kind of teaching them how to deal with those situations, hopefully to stay out of them. But if they do get it, happen to get into a bad situation, that they know how to get out. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very cool. And do you have, uh, for instance, if somebody wants to get involved and they want to bring their child to this event, how do they get involved? How do they know where you are? Because this is a big country. So are you in a lot of different cities yeah. all the time? We're Yeah, this year we're actually in 22 different states. So we're all over the country and we have families that drive for hours to bring their their teenagers to one of our programs. So that's the good thing about it is we're in enough places, but we seems like we can't be in everywhere. But the best place to go to is the website, which is putonthebrakes.org. So go to putonthebrakes.org. There's videos on there. There's a bunch of other information on there. We even have a one tab called Bring Brakes to Your Town. And we've had parents that even high school seniors have taken on brakes as their project and done enough uh, community support to actually hold a brakes class in their town. So, you know, it's it's just really cool. And the, the whole thing is is about doing something good in the community and trying to make sure that uh, another parent doesn't get that phone call that I got that their teenagers aren't coming home. Absolutely. And if people want to just simply donate, is that possible too? Absolutely too. Yeah. They just go to the website at putonthebrakes.org and there's a little donate thing on there, or they could go to our Facebook page or whatever. And uh, yeah, absolutely. The the program, people ask, well, how much does it cost to bring my teenager? Well, it's free. That's the whole thing. Yeah. We, yeah. We, you know, it obviously it's not free for, you know, to do this. For you. It costs yeah. <laughs> probably around $300 or three or $400 per student to put on the program, depending on where we are. But we don't want the cost to deter a family from coming to the program. So that's right. why we, you know, we don't uh, require people to pay. Hopefully they have a great experience and they want to donate and pay it forward. That's absolutely great. That's what we want. But, you know, part of the prerequisite for coming is not being able to pay for your spot. It's we want right. to supply that to people and make sure that they're, you know, that they're safe. That's our number one priority. It's absolutely 
Very cool. I'll make sure I put a link to that on Doug's show notes page on the Carshow website. Very worthy cause. One thing I was going to ask you, too, is you mentioned the parents get involved. Are the parents actually going through the same driving course that the kids are the day of the event? They do. Yeah, the parents go through. And actually, you know, because most parents, it's been a while since we've taken driver's ed. So that little thing in the center of the steering wheel that used to be a horn button, now it's a airbag that comes out at 200 miles an hour. And we don't have to pump the brakes anymore like we used to in the old days. So all these things have changed and the technology has changed on the cars. And we find that the parents actually get quite a bit out of the instruction. And then we separate the parents from the teenagers because, you know, teenagers want to kind of, they don't yeah, want to be do it on their own. Parents, right? Yeah. yeah, we're old and we're dumb and all that stuff. And the kids are right. so much smarter. But by the end of the class, all of a sudden, the teenagers realize, you know what? My parents maybe aren't that dumb. Um, yeah. That was pretty smart of them to bring me here. And some of the things they've told me was repeated to me by these instructors that I've had. So it just, it really embraces and supports the relationship between the parents and the teenagers. We, even though they're not together during the whole day, but they're together, uh, you know, at the beginning and at the end. And it really, it just really is a, it's a neat thing that happens during that time. It's kind of what happens when you take your child to college. They do that first day orientation <laughs> and the first thing they do is separate the kids from the parents. And uh, yeah. I think that's more for the parents so that at the end of the day, when they have to say goodbye, they, they can do it a little easier. But uh, yeah, I think it's good. It, it helps the kids feel like, okay, I'm on my own. I'm learning on my own. I don't have to look over my shoulder and see mom glaring at me or dad or whatever it might be. So it's absolutely spectacular what you're doing. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Doug. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a car sitting in the garage or your shop, what would you be and why? Oh, man. I tell you what, the car that I've always just dreamed about and I never had, I never was able to own one, but, and it would be really hard to own one now, but a 1970 Hemi Cuda convertible four speed. That's like my favorite car of all time. And I just, I just thought it is just such a cool car, right? Cause you got the, yeah. the big Hemi engine and four speed and a Dana 60 rear end. And you know, you can put the top down you could be like, uh, uh, who's the old, uh, Johnson uh, guy that had Don the Johnson show with the yeah Don Johnson Miami Vi- the, Miami Vice yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know just uh, just uh, that car is just the coolest car I think and you know that's yeah. me right kind of stocky and powerful and you there know, you go I'm, I'm Cuda. yeah absolutely funny you mentioned that I was just <laughs> listening to uh, Crockett's song from Miami Vice just this weekend I was doing something and saw that on YouTube Jan Hammers that music that they played at uh, the old TV show so always love that. Well, Doug, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yes sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. 
Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Doug, we're back, and we're entering the last lap, or in your case, as a drag racer, the last run. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive or automotive safety advice you've ever received when it comes to driving? Pay attention. You know, pay attention. Look, be looking ahead. Uh, yeah. That's one of the most important things. Driving a dragster, we're, you know, going 300 miles an hour. You've got to be looking way down there because you're going to be way down there really quick. So really quick. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I took my both my motorcycle safety courses and my to get my racing license, my racing uh, driving courses, that was the thing I kept hearing in my ear all head up, head up, head up. Look way ahead, look way ahead. I and mean, that's the one thing they drill into you, especially when you're driving fast or on a motorcycle. I mean, if you're not looking way down the road at what's coming, like yeah. that guy that's going to pull out in front of you, uh, right. it could, could end badly. Uh, now, how about a personal habit? Is there a personal habit that you feel you have that you've, that has contributed to your success over the years? I think hard work and not making the same mistakes twice. That's, you know, those are, that's pretty important. Uh, those are both pretty important things. If you work hard and you don't make the same mistake twice, you're going to be getting, a, you know, you're going to be making headway no matter, you know, what you're doing. Yep. Learn from your mistakes. Uh, now, is there a book you've maybe read since we last talked that you'd like to share with our listeners you think is worth reading? Let's see here. I read the Mickey Thompson book. Uh, Mickey, oh, yeah. That, that was, uh, gosh, my buddy wrote the book. Now I can't even think of his name. Eric Arneson wrote that book. Yeah, Eric Arneson wrote the book. It's about Mickey Thompson. It's uh, like yeah. the life and times of Mickey Thompson. Yeah. Uh, that's one of my favorite books that I've read lately. And then, of course, the Racing in the Rain book. I mean, the Racing in the Rain. Oh, The Art of is, Racing uh, in the Rain by Gar Stein. Yep. I just, I love that book. I, that's just a just an awesome book. And I understand there's even a movie being made uh, yes. uh, about that. So that's just, uh, that's pretty exciting. And I think it's just a great, great book and great story. Well, Mickey's son has been a guest on the show and Gar Stein, the author of that book has been on the show. So a couple great authors here uh, and great guys. And yeah, I can't wait for that movie to come out. That's the most recommended book here on cars. Yeah. And I've had Way over a thousand books recommended here. And I'll remind our listeners you can find links to all these great things Doug has, Doug has recommended on his Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Doug Herbert. You'll find two shows, his original show. If you didn't hear it, I'd encourage you to listen to that again and today's show, of course. All right, Doug, we're up to the checkered flag. And maybe you kind of already answered this question, but it can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world. Doesn't matter what it is. 
I'm going to pay for it and park it in your shop there. But there's a couple rules to this deal. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. Uh, you got to drive it and enjoy it. Can't be a garage queen. Um, and um, I want you to enjoy this thing. So uh, answer carefully. Okay. And I, I have the answer you gave me last time we talked. So we'll see if your, your taste has changed any. Oh, man. Well, we just talked about that a second ago. I think I got to have that 74-speed Hemi-Cuda convertible. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, you yeah, sounded pretty excited about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that that's just a car that, uh, man, I've just always loved that car since I was a kid. My dad had Challengers in the early 70s, and so growing up, I just liked those cars, and, yeah. and uh, that's just something that I, that I just really love. And Well, the other thing, and I don't know that we talked about it last time. I think we did is I'm still working on my land speed car. So that's well, <laughs> land speed race car I'm working on. Now that I want in the garage too. We're actually want that as a salt flats, but yeah, want that one in the garage too. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, that's how you answered this question two and a half years ago, your LSR land speed. So you better get to work. You, you've been slacking since <laughs> I last talked to you. <laughs> I know. Well, it's uh yeah, I've been too busy doing other things, but the car is yeah. actually coming along. We've got uh brakes awesome. for the car. Now we've got a, uh, you know, some more of the body has come along. I've got to working on the canopy a little bit and we've got to make a couple changes on the canopy. Somehow the, our CAD stuff got off a little bit. And so we're, we're, we're having to do a little bit of re-engineering there, but uh, yeah, the car's coming along and it's a, it's just a really, really neat project. And we're looking really forward to getting out there and hopefully running it next summer at the salt flats. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Doug, you've taken me on an incredible ride today. Thank you for coming back and sharing a very, very important program, Brakes, uh, that Doug puts on here to help young drivers and their parents be better drivers uh, and safer drivers. Uh, no doubt you've saved many, many lives over the course of the time, 10 years now. Just tremendous. Uh, I encourage you to go and check out this program. If you've got a young person in your life, a child or nephew, niece, a friend, whoever it might be, uh, offer to get them into this program. Uh, you won't be unhappy. What's the best way for our listeners to learn a little bit more about you and Brakes? Where can they find out everything they need to know? Well, I think the best way for them to uh, get, uh, you know, learn about what we're doing is go to that website, which is putonthebrakes.org, and uh, go there and check that out. If they want to know more about that Landspeed car, the project uh, address for that is LSR for Landspeed Record Project.com. There you go. And what's a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance you might offer our listeners before you uh, drive off into the sunset in that 1970 <laughs> Hemi convertible? <laughs> well, Mark, I think it just it goes back to the favorite advice that I've ever uh, you know that I was I've ever received from Bobby Allison. Just be nice, and uh, yeah. as you relayed that over, as you know, do uh, treat other people like you want them to treat you, and yeah. uh, that just never seems to go out of style. Nope. It's pretty, pretty simple. Well, listeners, again, you can find everything Doug has shared today, including a link to the website, Breaks. Check out what he's doing. You can literally change people's lives by participating. Best thing is, if you can't afford it, it's free. So why not do it? Absolutely cool. And a shout out to Jeff Perlman, uh, another guest here on Cars Yeah, for getting Doug and I back together. Thank you very much for that, Jeff. Doug, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. I wish you the best success in continuing breaks in 2019. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down a much safer road. Thank you, Mark. I look forward to the show and Cars Yeah. I look forward to getting my emails. <laughs> you bet. Take care. You take care of your cars. 
but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.